With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Shades of Blue Soccer Show. Mike, Ben, do I have both of you guys on the line? I think you got me. Can you hear me? Yep. Indeed, I'm here. Cool. Uh, Let's dive right in. uh, It seems like we have a lot to talk about again. Um, First up, a couple of DPs for Kansas City. Mike, got any thoughts on that? I mean, I think we talked about it last week of of keeping both of them. I I, I like the move. I think it's a good move, both uh, not just for the team, but for the league in regards to a a a statement to um, to the pl- other players in the league that we you if you perform and if you if you do well, you're we're, we will will pay you basically. I mean. Zuzi is one of those guys that was on the um, on the on the league minimum years ago. So and now he now he's a DP, probably making somewhere five hundred thousand range, maybe. Yeah, nobody's actually speculated on what those numbers are yet, or you know, nothing has come out at least. But we'll see when the, the players union releases their numbers. Ben, what do you think? 
Is this a good move for sporting? Good move for for Beasley and Zussi? I think it's good a good move for um, both the club and the players. I mean, you look at some of the offers that Beasley was getting. I mentioned last week I wouldn't necessarily mind him going to Aston Villa working with Brad Guzan. But uh, Sunderland is going to be fighting relegation. Fulham is in the championship. So he he may have gotten playing time, but it, he may not have been against the best competition. And it's only it, it would only would have been worth it if he was going and playing, at, at least in my mind. And he went on to be granted during the um, press conference about um, about him making his choice, but at least in my mind, it would have been worth it if he went to a mid-table club and was going to get a lot of playing time playing against the best for the four, for the four years before the next World Cup, but since he wasn't getting those offers, I think standing can sit in becoming one of the faces of the franchise over the next 10 years, at least, um, it, it's a great move for him, and also for Zeus, you never know if he if he comes and does well with the national team, like really well, much better than he did in the World Cup in uh, the Gold Cup or in the Copa America in 2016, and he gets offers. Well, now this DB contract sets him with one Kansas City for the next few years at least. I'm not exactly sure how many years. I know Beezer mentioned uh, five-year extension. So I think it's a good move for both the players and the clubs, and it really shows that, um, MLS is starting to be taken seriously, and now they can retain their players as well as attract the big-name players like Dempsey and Bradley. Does this send a message to other leagues that MLS is serious about keeping American players here, the good players, mm-hmm. and continuing to raise that level? I mean, is that is that a bar that they're setting now that – Sporting is on par with your Sunderlands, your Fulhams. Not, I know they still have way more salary, but that, that they're shooting for being at least on par with those clubs. I, I I don't know if it says that specifically, but I think I think it says that players specifically are now not necessarily just looking at the league. They're not necessarily just looking at. Oh, hey! I can go to the Premier League if I go to go, go to Sunderland or go to, or I could be if I go to Fulham. Uh, it just all—it's it, one of those things where now instead I could look to stay in MLS and be be at the same level. I, I think the I think the argument of oh, you'll play better competition though it is starting to starting to lose a little bit of its luster. And it's becoming a little bit more of we can compete at the we we can compete with that level team, and as the league as a whole improves, it is going to get to the point where that argument is going to become less and less of a of a hindrance. Do you uh, do you see this also um, this being the the only the second time I think that there's two American DPs on the same team. Uh, the previous is L or currently LA has Donovan and Gonzalez, but he was Donovan's been grandfathered in for so long. I sometimes forget that he's, you know, a DP. Not that I, you know, I, I mean I realize it, but it just kind of sometimes doesn't stick out there as much as the people who have signed recently. He's been there for so long, but having two American DPs, on, not just in the league. I mean, for a while that was unheard of having two American DPs, but now two on one team. That does that say something about the American soccer player too? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and well, because when you think about when the DP rule was brought in, it was mainly used to lure people from Europe over to MLS, uh, David Beckham, uh, Thierry Henry. But now it's starting to be used as a way to retain players. And now we're seeing some of these American players who are coming up through the revamped system and are doing well. And now they're able to be retained because clubs now have the funds to do this. And now the designated player role is able to be used more versatilely. And so it can be used to lure players over like, Bieler currently, um, or can be used to retain players like Bieler and Zeus. Mike, anything to add to that? I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. It's again, as I said earlier, it, it's a sign from the from not just sporting, but from from the league as well that 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 they're willing to step up for for the high level of talent to keep those guys here. Cool. Um, one of the notes that I don't know if I've seen too many people even mention in the articles about it, Zussi had already signed last year for four years. He was actually already under contract through 2017 and was a de facto DP without the name because he was getting the money, but he was paid down. The, the total was paid down through retention slash allocation funds. So this is this is giving him that title, that, that, that recognition, I don't know how much more money he's making. I'm sure he's making some more money, but it's giving him that title, that recognition that that shows that he's that level of player. Um, you think that's important to him? I think so in a way. I mean, I, I yes and no. I, I think more of it is giving him the title as a as more more of a sign of respect from the club for what he's done. I think he I think he appreciates the fact that he now <clears throat> is officially a DP, but I think it's it's the same as as the um, it's it's as much the team rewarding him for for what he's done. Okay, one last question on this, unless I've missed something. Um, with Sporting now having all three DP spots taken, um, actually two more two more questions. Uh, with the, having all three DP spots taken. Do we think we see Bieler moved in the off season? I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Um, I, I know Mike's found a couple of links that has that has some linked with a couple of clubs in South America. One was from Ecuador, I believe. Yeah, Barcelona, uh, mm-hmm. the Ecuadorian yeah. one. Yeah, um, and so <laughs> you always have to copy that, Mike. Yes, I, I always have to make sure to clarify that. <laughs> um, so if, if he's getting offers from other clubs, he's not doing anything here but riding the bench while we have Dom Dwyer, then I could see him moving the offseason. And I think one thing hinges on the other staying, and that's if Dom Dwyer moves in the offseason because there was a few rumors last season. This, this season, I believe, is only going to um, – make interest in him larger and if he moves to England or abroad somewhere over the off season, well then if they're going to be able then the next person up is either CJ Spong or Suni Sodden. Both of them have been playing winger for the past couple of years so they'd have to reacclimate back to the uh, center forward role. So I, I think a lot of the club's decision on Diela will be if 
Dwyer moves. If he stay, if Dwyer stays, and I think Baylor will be gone in the off season. See, I, I really think I think he's gone either way um, at, at the end of this season. And if Dwyer goes, we're we're going to be in the market for another forward, basically. But I, I think Baylor's time time here is done. Personally, I mean, I I think he's as good, if not a little better striker overall than than Dwyer really is. The difference is is that Dwyer is a much better forward in in Vermees's high pressure system. Mm-hmm. Dwyer has the has the work effort basically that that Bieler lacks in that position to to really really be the guy that Burmese has looked for basically since he since he implemented this style of play. So I, I yeah, I, I think Bieler's gone either way, but I, I think um I, I think it doesn't matter what what way what Dom does. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, I would agree with that, Mike. I think Bieler is gone and I was one of the few people saying that Bieler was going to be around even for this season. I know the vast majority of people thought he would be gone and before this season. Uh, I was actually one of the ones that thought he would stay, but I think at this point he's he's a goner no matter what. And I think it's one of a couple of reasons. They either want to open up that other DP slot so they have it available in case they want to or have somebody they, you know, or maybe give it to Dwyer or maybe bring somebody else in or they want to have that ability. But the one other big unknown is the CBA that's still looming in the off season too. What happens with that? And do you think any... Do you think there's any sign that they have a hint of what might happen for the next contract with having signed these three, currently having three DPs? A lot of teams going to three DPs all of a sudden. Like maybe in the next contract there'll be four or five DPs allowed. You think that's a hint, I mean, or I, you think we're just seeing people spend money? I think the league has an idea of what they want to offer the players' union, but I'm not really sure that it's a tipping of the cap as to what exactly is going to happen. I mean, the the I think beyond the – I don't really think adding a fourth DP slot is something that that is going to be high up on, on the players' union's uh, list of things to get done. I think um, at this point the players' union as a whole is probably going to – Want to look more at the at raising it across the board, getting getting the guys that are on the on the thirty five thirty thirty five thousand dollar contracts a year, getting them up to uh, up to what would be a more considered a more livable wage in some of the bigger cities. I mean, you, in, here in Kansas City, you can you can make it on on thirty five thousand dollars a year, especially if you're single and playing professional playing a professional sport where you're probably going to room with one of your teammates or something making 35,000 while not great it's it's a livable wage here now in the likes of San Jose, LA and New York that's that's you're you're having to live with three or four teammates basically to to really help offset the the cost of living increase in those cities. So I think that and um, some sort of measure of free agency are going to be a bit more of the um a, a bit more of the things that are they're going to want to touch on than adding a fourth DP slot. Mm-hmm. Ben, you got anything to add to that? 
Um, I don't know. I, I might covered it pretty thoroughly. Um, I, I wonder maybe some of the, maybe not the players, but the the league itself might push more for, might push for more designated player slots just because they've got the two clubs coming in and uh, New York New York City FC has already made three huge. I'm not sure if it's officially three huge, but they're on their way to three big signings, and if they want to have some of these other teams be able to field um, players that can, or rather, if they want these other clubs to field enough good players so that the level of competition in the league keeps going up, then I could see the league pushing for more than the player slots. And I could see them pushing for uh, adding more of the young DP slots too, where um, maybe you can add two, two or three young DPs from, you know, Honduras, Colombia, Costa Rica, sort of thing, stuff like that. I don't know. There's there's lots of possibilities there, but I was just wondering if it maybe uh, showed where the league was thinking, or because it seems like a lot of teams are going to three DPs now, where a couple years ago they really weren't. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple years ago, too many years ago, they couldn't. But even recently, it wasn't too many doing it. All right. But really, um, there aren't that there aren't that many teams though with three DPs. I mean, it's really Kansas City, LA, and uh, C- Seattle and Portland. I think are the only three or only four. I'm sorry, with uh, with uh, three DPs on the roster. So I mean, it's not like it's. I mean, we're. We're not even at a at a third of the league that has has forty ps at this point. So, I mean, while, while they might want to, and while New York City next year, if uh, if Javi and Lampard both go through, they they would be up to three as well. I again, it, pro, the league will probably want it. I, I just don't think that's that even for the league. I think that would be something that they'll need to keep low on their priority radar just because of because of what the players union is going to want. True. Yeah, it, it just maybe it seems in my mind that there's more of them out there because of the big New York City splash that's going on. And um, it seems like Orlando is headed towards more than at least two DPs, maybe three, the way they were going also. Um, and I swear there was another team out there that was talking about signing a third DP, but I don't think I could actually find that right now, so I don't want to be lying about it. Um, you probably would know better than I in that regard anyway. But it just seemed like it was more of a buzz. That's why I was asking that question. All right. Um, and that's fair. But DP, yeah. The, this whole DP news of uh, Beasler and Zussi was broke right, as, right before the L.A. game. Um, Rob tweeting out pictures of them being interviewed and stuff like that. It was the big hint, as if it wasn't already out there. But um, that's our perfect segue into the L.A. game. Zussi was flying all over the place after signing that contract. Um, how do you think How do you think Sporting did? Uh, we'll start with you, Ben. Uh, well, and I'll just copy what Bruce Arena said in the press conference, that L.A. 
sucked in the first half. And Sporting Kansas City was really able to take it to them. Um, they had so many great opportunities, particularly in the first 10 minutes. They capitalized that with uh, that great Penny Fell Hover goal in the 11th. And then L.A. started to do better towards the end of the first half. They were able to hold more possession in the second half and start to get some good opportunities. And then Lawrence Olam sealed it with that goal. So I was really impressed with the way Sporting was able to finally – capitalize on the early pressure. It seems that there's been a couple of games early this season where they've done really well at the beginning and then haven't been able to get a goal out of it. This time they were able to get a goal out of it, and then they were able to get a, a second goal as a cushion in the second. So I think a very good per performance against one of the better teams in the league. I think Burmese said, said afterwards that it was the best team that they had faced so far. So I think it's really shows just how well they played, particularly in the first half. So, so Mike, does that show just how good SKC can be when they're on that first half? Uh, I, I think so. I mean, the, that 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 was probably some of their, their best play, really, uh, of the season so far, if not the best play of the season f- from them. I mean, they kept uh, the, an L.A. team that scored five against uh, against New England. They held them to, to only one shot in the first half. I mean, and outside of that, they only had two shots on goal all, really all game. So, I mean, the, the, the team did very well in, in containing, c- containing the likes of Keane and Zardes and Donovan so that they really did not uh, over the course of the game. It also helped that, that Keane lived in the offside position for most of the game. And, and this wasn't a game where L.A. came in and bunkered, but even though a lot of it was played in their half, it was more because of the high pressure than them trying to sit back. They were trying to attack. It was just never getting very far forward, except for the occasional counter that was being shut down, except for, the, the, the again, the couple shots that they got off. It was sporting, applying that pressure, keeping them pinned, much not them sitting back and, you know, being a, a Clopas team where they put, you know, 11 guys behind the ball. It was actually just pressure. It was a good play. Is that a fair observation? No, ben? absolutely. I think I think it was, was very I, – I, I mean, I think it, L.A. – LA came out not not to really really take it to us, but they they came out and they played. I mean they they didn't sit back, so it really was just because of Kansas City's good early pressure that they were able to capitalize on that. Now with Phil Hubbard's goal and early on, I mean that kind of set the tone that that gave them the lead to play with and stuff like that, but. Um, is this the fail harbor? I mean, we, we've seen the fail harbor that could play defensively. I mean, he actually had to fill in the defensive mid role for a while. Um, he's been all over the place. He's gotten sporting fit and can play 90 minutes and, and kick butt the whole time. But now he's gotten some goals recently becoming, you know, more of a case why Benny should have been on the national team. Is he the, is he the guy that Vermees, really envisioned or are we just getting a little lucky with a couple of goals? Mike? Uh, it, it, oh. Whichever one. Go, Sorry. go ahead, Ben. 
Okay. Um, in regards to the national team, I still maintain that I don't see where he would be on the national team. There's a couple of iffy spots in uh, in the forwards position, especially with the news of Johannesson and his uh, injured leg. But in the midfield, there really just wasn't a place for him. And while he had played really, really well um, as of late, I I just don't see where he he would who he would replace. Um, I, I think maybe he could, if he continues the pace that he's on right now, he might get a Gold Cup call-up or a call-up for a couple of the friendlies that are coming up. I think they've got um, Ireland, November. Um, uh, they've got Czech Republic in September. Um, but I think this is the Benny Philharbor that Peter Vermees envisioned uh, when, they, when they traded for him. I mean, they, they, they got him for a first-round pick, this year and a second round pick last year, so that's fairly heavy price for a player. So I think they they knew they 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 saw the potential of him in the midfield, and I think once he got to be sporting player, he's able to kick butt for ninety minutes. You're seeing just what Vermees is able to do with him, and I think this is the player that they dreamed for, and now they're really patting themselves on the back for taking the risk and finally pulling pulling the potential out of them. Mike? No, I'll agree I'll agree with that. I mean I, I think again, I like like Ben said, I'm not sure that there's a great place for uh Benny in the system that uh, Klinsman ran, especially during the World Cup. Um I d I don't think um I, I don't think Benny was uh it, I don't think Benny would have done well on the wing, and with the way that uh, that Klinsman had them playing, he he wasn't going to play in that attacking role where uh, where uh, Bradley played for the entire tournament. I I just don't know where where he would have fit in. And, and the other thing is, I don't I think Failhaber is doing as well as he is because of the system that Vermes has in place. And and the the freedom that the role Benny plays in it is allowed. I, I don't think he gets that same freedom at, at the uh, at the national team level under Klinsman. Good point. Although I, I looking at Benny in the uh, kind of attacking mid role that Bradley plays, I, I always like Bradley more as a defensive mid, and I think he's 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 a, or I would just call him more of a box to box guy because he can. He's defensive. He's attacking. Um, he can do all of it. But I think Benny could have actually filled in that role better than he could have at the World Cup. Um, but Bradley can obviously play the the box to box guy. I think better, at least in in my opinion. Um, but that's that remains to be seen if that ever happens. Uh, same day, the rest of the All Star roster came out, and we found out Colin is on it. And a lot of people thought that Dom should have been on it, and maybe even Benny. Uh, should Dom have been on that roster with 14 goals? Mike? I, I, you know my feelings on the All-Star game. I, I've made them known why I leave with you. Far, far and wide as to why, I, uh, why I'm not a fan of the All-Star game. That said, um, I do think that he probably... 
he probably should have been on the roster. The thing that's really, uh, really bugs me more than anything is that he can't even now be named as a reserve for the uh, for the All Star game. Um, the the current CBA uh, requires that 32 players be named. The other the other nine that aren't, don't dress for game day um, are, are reserves, but they still get the bonus. Um, that requires seven forwards to be to be named in total, and uh, unfortunately, there have already been seven names to the to the All Star roster. So, Dom really, according to the rules of the CBA, cannot be named as a as an All Star, even as a reserve, which, which is going to be mind blowing. He he's the he's the only player with uh, with in double digits and goals that won't make the all-star team. He's the only one, uh, and he's the only one that's not going to get, get the bonus for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I cannot believe that the wire didn't make the all-star team. I'm trying to bring it up, not the roster up right now. Um, but when you look at some of the other forwards who are on it and, um, I know I'm not sure if Donovan's listed as a a forward or a um, Mitch other does Don, anybody know? Donovan's a forward. He he's the one. He of anybody that if there was anybody you were dropping off the roster for Dom, it would be uh, it would be Donovan would be the one to drop basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you also have Henri Keane, Defoe, Bradley Wright, Phillips. Uh, Torres was uh, was the commissioner's pick, so I mean the the other forwards I, I don't don't have an argument with the 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 only one I really do is uh, is the inclusion of uh, of Donovan basically and he he was a fan vote in mm-hmm. definitely so I, I could see D- Dwyer over Donovan um and maybe even over on real he has nine assists this season and he's had and he's a big name so i think that i think he deserves this so i don't know i think the fact that sporting already had three all-stars in on the roster made it kind of easier for the commissioner to not pick Dwyer to go um I don't know. I, I just feel like he deserves to be on there but there's just not enough room if that makes any sense I think it's time to go to uh, two all-star teams, full, complete rostered all-star teams, not yeah. just the uh, extra guys at the end to get the bonus. Uh, because that's, uh, to be honest, I'm. I think we are. I would still prefer to have a uh, East versus West, or a, you know, American versus internationals, or you know, uh, A through M names versus N through Z names or whatever way you come up with doing it, you know. Really what uh, I'd like to see, what, what I'd like to see, and I, I saw this tonight, uh, honestly, I'd say, and this goes to uh, what the next topic's going to be, basically, and and that's, I say, scrap the All-Star, the, the game itself, name the All-Stars, and in place of the All-Star team, game, go ahead and let the teams have their have their friendlies uh, against against the likes of Man City, against Liverpool, against Tottenham, against whoever they want to, basically. But scrap the All Star Game as an actual game itself. Would Would you be more in favor of it if they did it like uh, 
the NFL has the Pro Bowl after the season. You know, always played in a warm climate, so it's a uh, you know it's always going to be played in Miami or Florida, or I mean Florida or New Orleans or San Diego or you know something like that. It's going to always be played in a fairly warm climate. Have it after the season. Have it more as an event, as a uh, as a kind of a postscript to the whole season. You can have two full teams. You wouldn't have the friendly against a, a European team because they would be in season. Uh, but you could have two full teams. You could have a skills competition like the NHL does. You could have all kinds of things. If guys want to go on vacation, they can. But you would you could have your futures games. You could have all these different things. You could have a week long event after the MLS Cup. You know, say a week or two after the MLS Cup to keep them in the news. Guys wouldn't be so far out of shape yet that they wouldn't be able to go out and play and not risk getting hurt too badly. Things like that. Make it more of a big fun event. I think that would. I think that would be a good idea. I I, I wouldn't completely dislike that, but then you uh, you run into the complacency of of what the NFL has run into with their Pro Bowl, where nobody really cares and and interest in it is really going downhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you see yeah, it with all All-Star games? Go ahead, Ben. Well, well, the only All-Star game that I really see, looking at all of them, I don't watch NBA or NHL that much, um, but com- comparing MLB to NFL, um, and just where they are at their point in the season, it's night and day. The MLB one is a lot more competitive, and of course they've got the uh, whoever wins their league gets home field advantage in the World Series, which is another dumb rule in my opinion. But regardless, it's going to be a lot more competitive if they keep it in the middle of the season than at the end of the season. So I, it's kind of like where do you, it's kind of a question of. You're not going to be able to have a big club like the end of the season facing off against. Players aren't necessarily going to care because they're going to want to get their off season started um, after the season, especially teams that have been out of it for a long time. You think the regular season ends at the end of October, teams that don't make the playoffs. Well, players got to come back and play uh, another game a month and a half later. But players aren't going to want to do that. So, I think that they're going to have it. You got to keep it in the middle of the season. Uh, as Mike alluded to, the next topic is Man City. Are you both going? Ben, I am. Yes. Mike, I I, I will be there. Yes, I I did spend the money to go to the game. Although I have good. obviously. <laughs> Uh, although I have been one of the negative people in regards to the game too, so. Well, I, I, I'm I, I'm just going there and hoping that that if we do win tomorrow, that the championship is not the only piece of silverware that we win this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's not the one that we really want, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wonder how, uh, how I wonder how big of a deal they're they're going to make of it. Well, at Sporting Kansas City win. I mean, they've been hyping it over social media for the, the past couple of days. I've heard an advertisement on the radio about it. I wonder if they do win tomorrow. Who, or rather, how 
big are they going to treat it? Uh, I, I doubt that they would sit on the wall, but I bet they put the trophy in the members' club. I bet that uh, they make a big. I bet they they make a big deal out of it, saying, "Oh, we beat the English champions." Yeah, they will. They will say that, and you know, it's the same. It'll be the same hype that they say that they're in first place when they play the day before the other team, you know, and they they leapfrog each other. It's it's just all part of that PR hype. I really try not to pay too much attention to it anymore. Um, and I know when they played Manchester United, uh, for me that was a big event because. I know they also were missing a fair amount of players. Man City's missing like eight players, I believe. Man Manchester United, when they were here, they were missing some players from the World Cup, Rooney, a couple others that were big names at the time. I just felt like that was a bigger event. It was We hadn't really had a big friendly like that. It seemed like it was something. And Man City is the reigning champion, but it almost it just feels like it's not really, I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same importance, the same cachet, the same desire on my part. How about you, Mike? The, well, the, the comment I made to uh, to somebody regarding this and, and going back to the Man U game, which was also, also held uh, right after the World Cup, uh, Man U has a um, – they have a greater name presence, not just, uh, not just the team name, but they're non-World Cup players. I mean, the the, the team that started against uh, against the Wizards that day still had Paul Scholes in the lineup. It had Giggs in the lineup. It had Nani. It had guys. It had uh, Welbeck came into the game. Berbatov came into the game. You you had names that the average soccer fan knew off the top of your head when you name named them. You had greats for that team in the in the likes of Giggs and Skulls uh, uh available for for that game. Now when you uh when you look at City though, you, you don't you don't really have that as much. I mean the the longest tenured player at uh at City I think is Micah Richards and most people would say who m- most people might recognize the name but they're not going to really recognize who that is and that's the way it is with a lot of the players that are likely going to see the field. I think the biggest name on City's roster that will actually be available for the game is is Nazri. Other than that, it's a it's. I think I looked at it in thirteen of their players. I think played in the thirteen of the twenty three or something. Played in the Premier League last year. Um, most of them playing less than. Uh, less than 15 games basically so it's not a it's not a roster that has the name appeal that Manchester United did mm-hmm. yes definitely and i think looking back on it um the wizards they were getting more publicity than they were in say the mid 2000s i mean they're on tv and everything um on two but they weren't getting nearly as much publicity as they were nowadays. Um, and so when Manchester United came, it was a it was a big deal because this was the biggest event for Kansas City soccer in so many years. Um, and that was coming off the heels of 
of those huge crowds of power and light that really put that started to put Kansas City in the national eyes. Now that didn't really come to fruition altogether in for another couple of years, but this was the start of rebranding to where Sporting Kansas City is today. And you look back on it, they sold out Arrowhead. Uh, that was there was. 70,000 people, it was, uh, it was the opening of the recently renovated Arrowhead, too, so that was another big publicity event. So there was just so many different factors that put a lot of spotlight on that game. And then this game, it's it's almost just as if it's a friendly in the middle of the season, and then that's going on top of everything that... Mike said it's just there's just not as much momentum going into this game as there was into the Manchester United game. Yeah, it's the Kansas City fan is more sophisticated than they were then. They were more in awe of Manchester United. I mean, deservedly so at the time, but the Kansas City fan is more sophisticated now. They've lived through the playing Man U. They've they've lived through a, an amazing Open Cup run. They've lived through an amazing MLS Cup run. I don't want to say it badly, but the EPL champions is just another friendly at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to enjoy it. It'll, I'll see some great players, but not as many as I'd like to. And it'll be done, and it'll be like, okay, yeah, I, I enjoyed that, just kind of like I enjoyed uh, playing Minnesota United. Not to put them in the same category, but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah right. Absolutely. Um, any anything else we should put down Man City for at this point? No. Well, can I put down MLS soccer? Please do. For, for, that used to for, be one of our fun things, wasn't it, Mike? Yes, it used to be for their uh for <laughs> their article that they put out today uh about the uh the addition of Hart, Torre, uh Silva and uh Milner to their tour roster. Um the article on MLS's website Said that the uh, said that City adds four players ahead, uh, four World Cup veterans um, to the roster to the that to the travel the roster travel faced roster. Kansas City. And um, if you look at the Man City announcement of it, all four of those players aren't joining the team until after the game. Oh, yeah, that's not 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 good in my case. I would like to see a couple of those guys for sure. No, I, I would too. I just think it's it's it it's a misrepresentation of what exactly is going to happen for the game. The art, the headline of the article makes it sound like, oh, these four are going to be available for the Sporting KC game, when they're really not. It, I, I just think it's I I I think it's silly, for lack yeah. of a better term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh. We have just a few minutes left in our scheduled time, like I said before. I think we can run over, but we'll still experimenting here a little bit. The uh, next up on the agenda, which uh, I mean, we covered most of the, the major stuff on the agenda, but just real quickly, uh, FC Kansas City played the other day, and with uh, you want to run that down a little bit, Ben, or did you watch the game? Um, I, I was only able to see some of the highlights of the game. So um, th- th- they drew and got got a point, and it's gotten to the point where it, it's almost just kind of waiting for the end of the season so that they, they can get to the playoffs. 
Seattle's already locked up a playoff spot. They're going to win the league. They're going to get the number one seed in their home field advantage. I'm just kind of waiting to make sure. I mean, I don't want them to go on a huge losing streak, but I want them to just kind of keep doing what they're doing, um, winning their games, and and getting getting as many points as possible so that they can host that first-round game because if they have to go on the road um, – First round. That's not going to be good for. That's just not going to be good for them. They. Uh, I was looking at the schedule earlier, and I believe that they played um, a lot better at Lowood Stadium. And I mean, they're they're a decent road team, but I'd rather them be able to play on the road, or rather play home for the first game. Because if they if they do go to the championship, it's going to give them a better chance to go to the championship, where they're going to go to. Um, a very tough Seattle team or a very tough Portland team on the road in front of some crazy Cascadia crowd. So I think all they need to worry about now is getting that first-round home game. The uh, And the likely team that they would face at this point is Portland. Um, mm-hmm. Either they're either going to play Portland at home or play Portland on the road. Uh, Portland has been kicking butt lately. Uh, they beat SEKC 7-1. Portland won by several goals the next game. And as Coach Andonofsky is very fond of pointing out, they have four of the top five uh, women's soccer players in the world from last year on the team. Not from America, but from the world on that team. From the uh, Balloon Dior for FIFA's Balloon Dior for women, the top Four of the top five vote getters was is on that team. That's a talented, talented team who's putting it together at the end of the season when they need to. Um, so nobody wants to play them in Portland. Exactly. Uh, Mike, have you guys watched any of their games? I, I got to I got to see the highlights of the game. I didn't get to see the uh, the full game. I mean, it, it's it, it it'll be uh, the the matchup with. Portland is is a scary one. I got to see parts of the uh, parts of the game, um, parts of that game uh, from Sunday as well. And that game was uh, Portland is just hitting on all cylinders at one time. Absolutely, uh, FCKC returns home Sunday to play Sky Blue. Uh, five o'clock Sunday, I'll be there. Hopefully, other people will be too. It's pretty entertaining. Uh, mm-hmm. My biggest worry for FCKC right now is uh, their, their main goal scorer, A-Rod, who kind of went cold. She's creating lots of chances, but not lots of goals lately. Um, so I, we're about to run out of time on our schedule. Again, I don't know how it will kick us off or not. So if we abruptly end, then I apologize to everybody who's listening, and we'll be it'll be a lesson learned for the next one. Um, but let's just see if we it'll let us keep going for a little bit longer. Mike? Do you want to renew our old uh, segment from our previous podcast? You know sure. what I'm talking about. Um, yes, I do. Um, with with regards to former players this week, really the um, really the only only big news is the fact that uh, it is that Alex Martinez has been on trial with uh, with the Columbus Crew since uh, since being let go by Kansas City. The um, the thing is, with, also with him, I saw um, on Twitter the other day. It looks like he's back in Kansas City because he referenced attending a a service 
at a uh, at a church in Kansas City. So I'm not sure if he's still on trial or what, but it sounds like he might be back in Kansas City at least at the moment. Now whether that's that that's to close out on an apartment or what, but he had been on trial with the crew. Yeah. Well, actually, I wish him a lot of luck. He was uh, pretty good while he was here, and seemed like a good kid. The um, our my switchboard shows that the recording stopped, but we'll again we'll see a, see if it actually goes over or not. And when we tested it before, I thought it did. So uh, again, if anybody's listening still, apologies for the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, any last words? And if it's recording, we'll have them. If not, it'll be worthwhile anyway. Ben. Um, well, uh, another thing that that uh, the Oscar thing got me thinking about um, Nick Beasler, Matt Beasler's uh, younger brother, who's at Notre Dame as well, and playing midfield is also on trial with Columbus Crew. Not still if he sure is, but I remember seeing that. I'm sort of so that could be kind of cool if he ends up getting Ross spot and ends up playing against uh, his uh, older brother. It, was he cool. trialing, or I thought it was just training with the crew because he he's still got a year of college left. Yeah, it may have been. It may have been training. Um, I, I can't remember. It, it was a word that started with uh, "tr." I remember that. <laughs> uh, very good, Ben. Um, yeah, they. It's really typical for college players now to come into MLS teams and train with them uh, a couple times. The uh, that is actually how Sporting found Alex Martinez and Victor Munoz is they both actually trained with Sporting last summer. And so they got a look at them and knew what they were getting when they drafted or picked them up after being let go. So any any last words for you, Mike? Not at this time, no. All right. Um, I appreciate it, guys. And, again, we're I'm sorry for learning this as we go, but each time will be a little bit better. Maybe I'll allocate an hour next time and shoot for 45 minutes. So, uh, this is Thad. Thanks for listening, if you're still there. This is Mike. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good evening. All right. Thanks, guys. Feel like-